You are listening to Storytelling with a Purpose, a Memory Fox production. I'm your host, Celine Krizan, and here is a place where we gather together with nonprofit marketers, mission-driven leaders, and storytelling experts to give you, our listeners, expert insight into how to make a greater impact with the stories you tell and the world that you're looking to change. On today's episode, we are joined by Michael Cass, founder of Story and Spirit. He's an international facilitator, consultant, and healer. And in today's episode, he's going to talk about how we can weave story into the work we do to have greater connection with ourselves, our community, each other, and the world that we are looking to really make a difference in. It's important to note that this episode was recorded before the tragic events that happened here in Buffalo, the community that we call home. Our heart's love goes out to the community and the families impacted, and we know that there's a lot more work to do to live in a more ethical world and a world that sustains change. So I hope that this conversation with Michael inspires you and gives you a deeper glimpse and insight into the world of ethical storytelling and how we can all as nonprofit marketers make a bit of a difference and be more authentic in connecting with our community. So thank you and enjoy this episode. Welcome to Storytelling with a Purpose, a Memory Fox production. I'm your host, Celine Krizan, and today we are joined by Michael Cass, founder of Story and Spirit. Michael brings together breathwork techniques, storytelling, a perspective of fun and creativity with his background in theater, and really just an overall spirit and awareness that I can't wait for you to dig into and hear about. So Michael, give us your intro and tell us a little bit about you. Thanks so much, Celine. I don't, I can't do a better job than you just did. That's the best intro I think anybody's ever done. Um, I come to this work with story by two paths. One is as a performer and a storyteller. And the reason that I loved acting as a child um, beyond, you know, having dreams of one day, um, you know, being famous and having an Oscar, which I I no longer want, (laughs) but was I loved working with other people to co-create a story, an entire world into which other people could step and have some sort of transformational experience. Right. And so from a very early age, I kind of knew and understood at a visceral blood deep level, how powerful storytelling is in terms of giving us frameworks that help us make sense of our lives and the world around us. Um, so that's one path. And then the other path is working in the nonprofit and social impact world for like, I think 15 or 20 years in all sorts of different capacities from fundraising to um, financial management, consulting to executive management. And at a certain point, kind of the tension between those two worlds, the kind of creative self mm-hmm. that loves storytelling and the impact self that, you know, learned really well how to navigate bureaucracy and use buzzwords, um, that tension got really uncomfortable. So I ended up pausing, kind of taking the metaphorical needle off the record taking a step back and doing some kind of inner exploration and inner work, which is, you know, where I got introduced to breath work and all sorts of other um, consciousness shifting modalities. 
And then when I came back, I was very spiritually aligned or sort of marginally more spiritually aligned than I had been anyway. And um, cognizant that that doesn't pay your rent. So I started looking at that impact world I'd been part of and going, you know what? Um, There's so many people out there doing amazing things in the world and they're terrible at communicating about it for lots of reasons. And so I started working with them first just to shape stories in a, in a strategic way. And then as that work got deeper, it started edging into not just the stories that leaders tell other people, but also the stories that they tell themselves and the stories that they and all of us live inside of. And the more awareness that we started to bring to that, the more story work started to move into coaching and healing work so that we can um, share stories that aren't just impactful, but also are deeply aligned and authentic. And that's work that, you know, continues to evolve as our collective understanding of what story is and, and how it functions also evolves. That was a long intro, but that that's sort of the work and how I come to it. That's exactly what I was hoping. And I'm, I'm excited to dig in here because you just highlighted something beautiful. And as marketers and as nonprofit leaders that we know, our storytelling not only highlights, hopefully highlights the healing and the transformation that our work is doing, Mm -hmm. but it also, it becomes part of that journey that our clients, that our company, that we all go on. So how are you, can you bring us really tactically into when you, when you're thinking about breath work and you're thinking about that authentic storytelling, how do you integrate those pieces in a day-to-day that can be a bit busy and chaotic and overwhelming, what would you say, how do we ground ourselves as storytellers? Absolutely. And I think this goes to so much. I was just working with a group on this this weekend where when we get busy, we often miss the, I think of them as like little intimate epics, miraculous small moments that happen every single day, thousands of times a day. Right. Um, And we're just not aware of them because I got to get to this meeting. I got to, make coffee. I got to do whatever the thing is. Got to send the tax email. Got to send the tax thing. And especially now, even, you know, as we kind of move back to in-person a bit, so much is still online. The thresholds between moments don't get respected. So, Mm. right. I was just on another Zoom call before this, and now I'm here. And I took a moment in between to just breathe and literally like, um, I I do an arm swipe. I take, you know, my right arm and I squeegee it down my left arm, just like letting go of that previous moment, breathe into whatever's coming next. And it just allows, it's such a simple thing. And it's so simple that people roll their eyes at it. But in terms of like day-to-day things you can do, respecting those thresholds by breathing every time you shift energies, anytime you're shifting from one space to another, suddenly what happens is you become more aware of those small moments and of those stories. So it's like tuning a radio, right? If I decide, okay, I'm going to tune in and just see where those small magical moments of interaction and humanity are. And even, so as I'm saying that, what I'm noticing is my heartbeat is slowing down Mm -hmm. and I'm noticing my breath slowing down because now my whole body, my whole system is attuning to these smaller moments. Um, So that's one way to do it is literally anytime you're moving into a different space, whether literal or metaphorical, pause, 
take a single breath and reset. And it's amazing how impactful that is. Okay. You'll laugh. I was in a call. Um, I was in a meeting with someone just a couple of days ago and we were so hyped. People were just flying. You know what I mean? Just buzzing, 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 buzzing. And she just told us, she's like, okay, let's all stop. And let's all take eight deep breaths. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize how quick my heart was beating, how fast my my mind was going. When we just took that one second break and it was directed, right? Like someone had to, someone had to take a minute and be like, okay, let's all take a second and let's take a deep breath. And it sounded, and at first, and I'm a huge believer in this, at first I was like, we don't have time to take a breath. I was like, mm-hmm. we need to get this done. But then after we did it, the conversation was so grounded and everything just came from a more authentic place. So you saying that was just so huge to me and I'm trying to be a better leader in that way as well. Absolutely. And I, I love that you had the opportunity to experience that and that you um, had, were given the awareness of how fast your heart was beating (laughs) and how, right. Because so often we're not aware. So people either your heart beats fast and your breath kind of gets stuck in the upper third of your, of your chest, um, or some people just stop breathing altogether and don't even realize, mm-hmm. it, right? And so by bringing that awareness, and the way I think of it is every time I breathe, I'm allowing story to flow as well, right? And so I'm connecting with everything that's going on around me. And as a result, everything that follows exactly as you experience tends to be more grounded and connected both internally and externally. That's so awesome that you had that experience. It was it was really shocking and I I appreciate it on a really deep level because I haven't seen this kind of work integrated into our professional life as much as it should be. And yeah. I and I think what you're preaching and what you're bringing to us is how important it is and not only and it's simple, right? It's simple just those pieces of breath. Yeah. So can we dig in a little bit to your perspective on story work? Let's talk about ethical storytelling and your approach to it and how Absolutely. we can use it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a big one to dive into. <laughs> I think, you know, ethical storytelling to me is about how do we center and lift up the voices of everybody in our organizational or impact ecosystem in our storytelling. Um, and it, it came out of the realization that the conventional model of nonprofit or impact storytelling is um, essentially grows out of a desire to please and appease people who carry um, what we can call like white savior complex or mm-hmm. philanthropy savior complex, right. where they want to be wallets. the hero in the story, yep. right? And so the conventional structure is Michael wasn't doing well. Uh, he was addicted to drugs. He had lost his home. He found our um, organization. We helped him. Now he's better. Give us money, right? That's mm-hmm. like the dumbed down version of it. And that's profoundly disempowering um, to the nominal hero of the story, to Michael. We're taking away his agency. We're taking away Hmm. anything about his story that is not related to his deficits, right? Or the challenges that he goes through um, or his interaction with our organization, right? Um, As a result, all impact stories start to sound the same. And we are deepening and um, furthering kind of deeply entrenched social inequities and old stories and models of change. So that's where it started. And then, you know, the question, this is not new information. People in the impact world and not-for-profit world have known about this dynamic forever. They just haven't 
really had a framework to have conversations about it to their collective safe and interesting and like useful. So the work around ethical storytelling is first kind of identifying some of the challenges that are associated with what have been widely accepted best practices in organizational storytelling for a really long time. And then working with specific tools and approaches that can help shift the culture. Um, even if it's only moving the needle a little bit, that that makes a huge difference, right? One of the things that I talk about in workshops quite a bit when people get overwhelmed because this becomes, you know, people become aware pretty quickly. Oh, wait a minute. This, this isn't just about storytelling. This is about cultural transformation. Right. Right. One of the things that I say is like, none of us are going to get this right. Like we, we are going to mess up. And as long as we do that with awareness, as long as we are Mm. aware of the trade-offs that we're making in our storytelling, then that's a good decision, right? So people may still tell stories in the old ways of kind of that are not entirely what we might call dignified or ethical. But as long as they're doing that with awareness, instead of because somebody told them that's how to do it, then that's a valid choice. I might not approve of that choice, but it's a valid choice, right? Um so that's that's sort of a, a really important thing that comes up around ethical storytelling is we don't have to make all the changes today, but if we can bring awareness and start implementing some of these tools a little bit at a time, that's hugely helpful. So when we're thinking about ethical storytelling and we're thinking about using new frameworks, mm-hmm. we're positioning our hero consistently to be those clients talking about their journey, talking about how they made the transformations. Mm -hmm. And would we position then ourselves, the nonprofit as a guiding, as that like Obi-Wan Kenobi, the guiding light, helping support them get there. Can you break it down in just a little bit more tactical of a way for me? Yep. Um, So it's a little, it's a little more complex than that because some of it is whose voice are we hearing? Mm. Is the organization, the narrator is the person themselves, the narrator. And then the question is less about impact, more about what story would they be excited to tell, Mm -hmm. right? And it's probably not going to be the story of their deepest trauma ever, right? right? Um, And actually, what we want to move away from is, in my opinion, the the idea of the organization as the Obi-Wan Kenobi character, right? Okay, interesting. as, As the guiding light. The organization is generally there as a support along the way of somebody else's journey. And especially when it comes to transformational change, um, the organization is rarely the only factor that's involved. Right. Right. Correct. And so, you know, if somebody, for example, is experiencing homelessness and they get off the streets after going through an organization's program, we have no idea what else was going on in their lives. And so it might be what I try to guide clients to is find, instead of looking for those stories of grand transformational change, find small moments of shift, right? Mm. These small, intimate epics. So instead of Michael wasn't doing well, he found our, our organization, now he's doing better. What is one surprising or beautiful moment that Michael or your main character would be excited to share during his journey? And then you can unpack that, right? Because everything is, I think it's Walt Whitman, the universe in a grain of sand Mm -hmm. kind of thing. 
those moments contain all of the themes, values, and beautiful human emotion and impact that we think we need those big stories for, right? So that would be one tactical thing is attuning to those small moments of connection and trusting that they're powerful enough to really reach people. Michael, I have a I have a story that I think will fit and I'd love your feedback on it. So I was working with a nonprofit organization and they're a theater company. And they had a student who on the first day when he was asked to introduce himself, he cried. Like he had to stand up in front of class and he just sobbed because he was terrified. The final day at the end of the week, he they had a presentation where they got up as a group and they were they were performing. And he was in the middle of the stage confident and dancing and doing his lines and his parents came up and they were like you have no idea how beautiful that was and it was just that tiny moment like went from sobbing to going from just being on stage and laughing as a kid and Mm. being proud so i and that's and that is just a a small grain of sand like that was a one week moment right exactly that's beautiful and even i I might go even a, a little bit further with it and say in telling that story what if you started with the moment where he's on stage smiling. And Uh, because then, you know, there's a thing called the anchoring effect where the first thing we learn about a character creates a cognitive anchor mm -hmm. around which everything else uh, arranges itself. So if we start with him crying, that's how we see him. No matter what else happens, he's always that crying kid. Okay. But if we start with him smiling and then backfill in the story and say, here's why that was remarkable, then the thing that is with us is him is performing and smiling and how proud his parents were, right? And that's what that's ethical storytelling. We want to always, I mean, it's called asset framing, right? We want to always center the strengths of our people, of our humans. Okay, that is how beautiful and simple, I think, beauty and simplicity. Start with that beautiful end state. Start with the highlights. Anchor in the positive. Mm-hmm. That is huge. How, and how... And it, it's, I don't want to say radical. That's not the right word, but it's not, it feels a little radical to me to say to go to a donor and start with the positive, right? Because as we are trained to think in scarcity, right? We are trained to think, oh, we don't have enough money. We don't have enough this. We need your help to get better. Yep. So reframing it is so powerful. Absolutely. Right. And it, it is radical because not only have we been trained to um, start with the challenge, we've been trained to speak to people's pain. What, what if we, what if we spoke to their strengths? What if we spoke to mm. aspiration? What if we spoke to possibility? Um, what opens up when that becomes the frame through which we see storytelling? Um, it's a really, it's it's a pretty powerful exploration. And I'm excited and I'm going to do a plug here because you're joining us for a webinar that we're offering to our nonprofit leaders. Can you give a little plug and a little insight into what we can experience there? Because we have 15, 20 minutes together today, but we're going to have a lot longer of a time that people are going to get one, get to see you and talk with you. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we're going to dive much deeper into this whole idea of ethical storytelling in that webinar. So we're going to start by talking really broadly just about story because let's say there's five people in a room, there will be five different definitions of story. And that's a difficult place to start a conversation from. So we're going to start just at that level. And then we're going to dive into some of exactly what we've been talking about, right? What are some of the ethical challenges to storytelling in the nonprofit sector, particularly for leaders and or fundraisers, and then how to navigate some of those challenges, right? So the idea is to open up a big can of worms and then um, and then give us some tools that are really concrete 
just like the the strengths framing that we just did together that you can start implementing right away that will transform your storytelling, not just, by the way, to make help that storytelling be more ethical and dignified, but also you just get better stories when you tell stories mm-hmm. in this way. So we're going to strengthen the storytelling and, and really dive into some of the, the specifics around ethical storytelling. That was beautiful. Thank you. And I, I can't wait. And I, and I will make sure in the show notes, we have a link to register for that. As we wrap, can you give us a piece, any piece of advice that we should, where, where can we ground ourselves this week mm. and get started being better storytellers and better leaders? If you can take a moment to breathe and literally just feel your feet on the ground and be aware of the fact that with each breath, like if you're sitting, standing there with your feet on the ground and you're breathing, that breath has literally been around in one form or another since the beginning of time. And it is visited with infinite numbers of trees and oceans and other other humans and you know, dogs, whatever. And it, this breath is, vi- is visiting with you right now. And then it's going to go on. So with each breath, we are quite literally engaging in a co-created story of, of creation, right? Of the world. And so that allows us to take a little bit of the pressure off of ourselves, right? If we're part of this huge story, then maybe we don't have to solve all of the problems of the world right now, mm-hmm. right? So what is the piece that I can touch today? What is the part of the story I can weave today? Um, I think it is a huge, um, simple, and yet very deeply impactful thing that we can all do, um, especially with uh, the state of the world right now. If we're able to find that moment of expansiveness, it makes a huge difference. Michael, I could talk to you for another three hours. So thank you for being so generous with your time and with your knowledge and with your insights. Where can we connect with you? How can we support you? Absolutely. Um, thank you for that. Uh, so my website is storyandspirit.org. There's tons of free resources on there and you can join my email list. Huh. Send out about one email a month. Um, you can also, the best kind of social media place to find me is on LinkedIn. Um, so you can find me there, Michael Cass, K-A-S-S, and I'd love to connect with folks there. Um, if you must, I'm also on Instagram, which is at Story and Spirit. <laughs> I tend not to post there for lots of reasons. Um, but I would love to connect with anybody who's interested in learning more or just to connect as humans and have some time together. Well, thank you, Michael. Thank you for your time and your story and your spirit. Absolutely. My pleasure. I'm really, I'm really glad that we got to have this conversation. hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I clearly did. I loved being able to really dive deep with Michael on his perspective and his unique insight and really just the spirit that he brings to every conversation. Here are a few key takeaways that I took from our conversation. One, don't forget about the power of breath. Take a minute right now just to take a nice deep breath And when you're in a conversation, when you're in a meeting that maybe is a bit more stressful or is getting a little bit off focus, find a moment, find a moment in yourself to really reconnect with your breath. Two, the power that we have with anchoring our stories around our hero and in a positive way. 
I loved how Michael just did a quick workshop with me when I was talking about that young boy who was in our acting classes. Rather than starting out the story by saying he he cried, start out the story where he faced and saw that transformation where he was on stage singing and being powerful and really being confident. That really took a lot away from me and it's such a simple reframing that we can do. So how can you do that in some of your stories? And three, how are you really encouraging ethical storytelling within your community? How are you focusing on the people that you serve, bringing them into conversations and not being in such a scarcity mindset? That was really powerful that Michael, Michael pushed me to see and think in that way. With that, I hope you join us. If you're still listening, join us next week when we are joined by Michael Cass for a free, yes, free one hour webinar with him. He is going to give us tools and tips and really insights that you're just not going to want to miss. So thank you for listening to Storytelling with a Purpose. Thank you to our friends at Memory Fox for introducing us and bringing us these story experts and all of us as story and spirit workers. What a joy and honor it is to do that. See you next time.